Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. we doing? Doing good? Didn't Katie and Holmes do a good job there? I feel like Holmes could imitate Kevin Hart if he wanted to. Just feel like he's going to wobble his head a little bit, smile a little bit. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, let's pray together before we get into it today. Really got a message on my heart that... Um, I feel like it needs to get into people's spirit. And we are kicking off a series in our church called Warrior. Someone say Warrior. Warrior. Now say it like you mean it. Say Warrior. Warrior. Amen. Now I'm starting to believe you. You know, if, if, if people go to the gym Sunday morning and then walk out, I was thinking to myself, man, they must think we scream a lot. <laughs> it's good to be in a loud church. It's not good to feel like it's a funeral. Church alive, not half alive. Amen. Come on, let's come on, let's pray. Jesus, we love you and praise you, and I just thank you for every man. I thank you for every woman. I thank you for every family represented, those in the kids right now. Holy Spirit, I tell you again, I need you. Your people need you. I don't just need to be clothed with your life and your armor, God. Your people do. So I ask in these moments of worship and prayer and the preaching of God's Word that You would equip the minds and the hearts of people. I declare and continue to declare over this church a place of life, a place of health, a place of growth, a place where champions come alive, where vision is born and imparted in the minds of men. I pray that families would flourish and grow, that mums and dads would just rise to their fullness. Lord, they'd raise champions, Father. Lord, I declare an ever-growing, ever-increasing house because it's Your kingdom and it must expand. Not for our glory, not for our name, but for Yours, I pray in Jesus' Name. Pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. I declare today, I will receive the Word of God. Soften my heart. Open my eyes. In Your powerful Name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, can we thank our worship team? Thank you, guys. Grab your seat. Grab your seat. Well, I had the honor recently to go out to California. I brought my son um, on a men's retreat. He's 12 and he's becoming a young man. And we actually had five men from our church, young men from our church, go through something called a, a rite of passage. It's a really beautiful thing to see fathers praying for, blessing their children as they went through something actually quite hard and, and uh, significant for them. They literally had to jump over a pit of fire. One of the kids almost fell in. Like it was intense stuff. It was intense stuff. And it wasn't just sit by the fire and sing Kumbaya. And I brought like 37 men from our church and we had an amazing time. And uh, but on the day, I think it was Friday, we all competed together. It was like 40 men versus 40 other men. And there was actually 40 teams. So there's two and a half thousand men. And uh, it was an incredible time. 
And on one of the moments, I think my wife shared it, unfortunately, because she stole my power a little bit or my, or my punchline, but I thought it was worth mentioning again, was there was a moment where there was a competition and it was called Extreme Tic-Tac-Toe. Ever played Extreme Tic-Tac-Toe? In Australia, we call that noughts and crosses, by the way. Yeah, amen. And uh, so anyway, you've played tic-tac-toe before, but basically you had to sprint across. You had to get through two other men who had these pads in front of them and they were trying to stop you. And obviously they chose the biggest men on their team. So I had to, no one else seemed to want to run. And so one of the guys, he ran through and he was a boss, Chris, um, Chris, anyway. And I can't think of his last name at the moment. And then secondly, I ran through and the first guy was pretty big, but the next guy was literally like 50 pounds heavier than I was. And he was just jacked. So I was like, well, better go big or go home. And as I ran, I actually accidentally hit him and my shoulder literally smashed his nose. He kind of shot back and blood began to ooze. And then the golf cart actually came by, picked him up. He literally had to go. Yeah, it wasn't a nice break. It was not a nice break. And, uh, and then I got told through the grapevine later that my son looked around at a couple of the men and he was like, that's my dad. <laughs> like, that's my dad. And I was like, how messed up are we? <laughs> How messed up are men? How messed up are we that we're, we're, we're kind of like sad, but we're kind of happy. And uh, the guy took it like a champ and I met him later and I was like, I don't want to arm wrestle this guy or fight this guy or do this again. I'll take the trophy and go home, okay? But I was thinking about the essence of men. There's something in our heart that loves a fight, actually. It is a warrior spirit that is actually flows from the heart of God. And it is not just in men, it is in women too. But sin actually many times has us fighting for the wrong things, fighting the wrong battles, fighting for just our kingdoms instead of for His kingdom, fighting this thing and that thing. And I've often found that if you're following everything that culture's saying to fight, you've often found the wrong fight. God has a better fight and a good fight. But I wanna share with you this verse today that's really the kind of main passage of Scripture. The Bible says this in Exodus chapter 15, verse two and three. It says this, The Lord is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise Him. My Father's God and I will exalt Him. And then it says this interesting line, which is not so much found in in, in cathedrals around the world and in children's Bible kind of books. But, but I want you to capture this and see this today. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. How many know that the revelation of God is progressive? In Genesis 1, we see that God is all powerful. We see He is all creative, that He has order, that He has structure, that He is a relational God. God created the world because He wanted a family and, and He's also a God of justice. He is a God of righteousness. So He creates boundaries. And when we break those boundaries, God, because He's just, He actually has to punish, but God is a reconciling God. And God is the one looking for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve aren't looking for God, they're hiding 
in the trees, but God is looking to reconcile that relationship. We find out progressively, if you go on further, that God is a God of covenants, that God is a God of agreements, that He makes covenant with men. And you find Abraham and you find uh, Noah there and the different covenants that God has. And then when God finds the children of Israel and they are literally oppressed for 430 years, they are in slavery, you find again the nature of God, that God sees, that God cares and God wants to free them. God sees them, God sees our pain, God sees our struggle, God cares for it and God wants to free them and He does that And then there is this moment where the Egyptians are literally coming to destroy Israel and God destroys them in the river. He doesn't just break their their nose. He doesn't just say, listen, I'm gonna break your kneecaps. He does that and then He drowns them. And the only response that the children of Israel had, Moses and, and Miriam and Aaron was, God is a warrior. You ever want to see someone's tough side? The nicest people in the world will all of a sudden get quite ugly if you mess with their kids. My, my mother's one of the nicest people in the world. But one day she was minding her grandkids in Australia and one of them has special needs. And as she's minding her grandkids, this other kid's picking on the kid with, with special needs. Now, how do you know that you might... You might Talk about that if, if it's your kid, but if the kid's got special needs, you're gonna jump in. My mother looks at this kid and says, come here. <laughs> and my, again, my mother, one of the nicest women you ever meet in the world, she literally goes, come here, come here. She goes, I'll rip your throat out. <laughs> and I was like, mom, what, what are you saying? What are you doing? Do you need deliverance? Do you need freedom? Do, we, do you need to go to our Freedom Transform group? What is happening? Why? Because of her great love, you actually find a great fight. A great love actually has a great fight. And often in culture, we'll kind of find among philosophies and ideologies and politics and religion and different stuff, we kind of have this thing that, oh, can't we all just get along? But here's the thing. It's a battle between good and evil. It isn't just one ideology. It isn't just one philosophy. It is a literal battle of spiritual powers that is happening in the world. And those spiritual powers want to not just have a piece of the pie, they want all the pie. See, the devil doesn't just want a piece of the pie, he wants all the pie. God doesn't just want a piece of the pie, he wants all the pie. And he's fighting for the hearts and minds of men and he's called his church actually as warriors, not just sons and daughters of the Most High God, but sons and daughters who become warriors who fight the right fight. Come on, are you with me? See, the interesting thing of the children of Israel is the way they found freedom took warfare. The way they took hold of the promised land was through warfare. But then the way they stayed free was often through warfare, which is kind of discouraging. Because you watch the children of Israel and they're either fighting to get free, fighting to stay free, and you're like, when is the fight over? 
Have you ever felt like that as an adult? When's the fight over? I just, I just want. Just kind of like I'm tired or you're tired of the struggle or tired of the fight. And here's the interesting thing. Then sometimes you give in or you give up. But just because you give in and give up, that doesn't mean the fight's over. That just means you have more things oppressing your life. That just means you are bound by something you were never meant to be bound by. That just means that the God who wants you to be an overcomer, the, one, the God that wants you to be more than a conqueror, has to rescue you again because you've given into what you were never meant to give into. And how many are thankful for His grace that God picks us up again, but He doesn't say now fall over again. Though a righteous man falls seven times, the Bible says, he gets back up again. I want to give you this three points today. And first point is this, the warrior spirit flows from the heart and character of God. The warrior spirit flows from the heart and character of God. It flows from the fatherhood of God. See, God's holiness also means He cannot handle sinfulness. God's justice means He hates injustice. God's love means He hates lust because they are opposed to one another. God's healing power and desire for healing in His people means that He hates sickness. See, God is a warrior. My second thought to you today is this, the call to follow Jesus is a call to choose a side. When you say Jesus is Lord, what you're kind of saying is nothing else is. When you say, I believe upon Jesus, the word believe in our culture is a weak word. I believe tomorrow's gonna be a good day. I believe I might get a promotion. I believe, like it's, 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 it's more like some concept or thought. The, the word in the Bible for believe is to cling to like glue. It's to be steadfast. To believe is a big word. If someone says to you, I believe in God, but they act nothing Like a child of God, you have to question their belief, don't you? This is why I wanna say it's not so much I believe in Jesus, but when Jesus, when you say Jesus is King, you are choosing His side over the kingdom of darkness. You are choosing Him to be Lord, His morals and His sway in your life. And this is the struggle, isn't it? This is the struggle to say, I believe in you, but how many of you still know, you're still gonna wrestle your flesh. You're still gonna wrestle your own humanity, your own sinfulness, your own desires many times. Romans chapter seven, the Apostle Paul writes this whole chapter on how he is this incredible man of God, but he still wrestles things. But he didn't allow the wrestle to define him. He kept wrestling. So the good news, if you're still wrestling, you're still moving forward. If you're still wrestling, I wanna encourage you, don't give up, keep wrestling. Just don't allow the wrestle to define you. If you're wrestling alcoholism, keep fighting it so that it doesn't define you. If you're wrestling, man, greed, keep fighting it. If you're wrestling, that you're like, ah, I just can't watch certain things, keep fighting them. Because otherwise it'll be a downward spiral for your life. Have you ever noticed and wondered why 
why it is that someone is on the newspaper for just terrible things that they've done to women or they've done to little kids. And you're like, what happened? They gave in time and time and time again. They stopped fighting. They, they kept getting lower and lower and lower. And they never would have thought they would have done that. But they gave in. But the call to follow Jesus is a call to choose a side. Listen to what Jesus said about this in Luke eleven twenty three, 23. And this is kind of this extreme stuff, but that's sometimes just what Jesus is. He's got these extreme things that are either true or not true, aren't they? Whoever is not with me, he says, is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. I've seen this as a pastor of a church that if you're not moving forward, if you're not growing in your faith, eventually you get stagnant and eventually you get passive and then eventually you get oppressed and you get under these things and then you seem to just leak out into all your friends and before you used to gather to the house of God and now you scatter away from the house of God, now you scatter away from the truth of God's Word and you scatter people where you used to gather people. Have you ever seen that? It happens all the time. If I was to not keep on moving forward, eventually I just go backwards and go backwards and backwards. And then I just begin to tell you, oh, all these things about the Bible, oh, that's just too hard. But if I'm not moving forward, you eventually start scattering. Have you ever been in an environment where you're like, oh, I'm not gonna do that, but you hang around with everyone that does that? I won't do those drugs, but I'll just stay here. We'll just sit around and by the fire and chill. And it's funny, you can, it's, isn't it funny that often you can say no once, twice, no three times, but the fourth time, like, oh, well, it would hurt. He who does not gather with me scatters. I won't, I won't go to the strip club with you, but I'll hang around you until you go. And then when you go, I'll just hang outside. I'll just be at the front door. I'll be like the, the security guard, making sure no perverts get in. <laughs> Hint, they're already there. <laughs> Think of the the moments in, this is so off my notes, but is that okay? Even if it's not okay, that's okay. It gets my wife nervous, but everyone else likes it. <laughs> Think of the, the shows, NFL halftime shows, how they've just gone down and down and down and down because family values weren't modelled so then it became less and less and less. And before you know it, really, strippers just stripping in front of you. And you're like, this is the family show? It's like, yeah. What? It's just cultural. Oh, look, at it. isn't that special? But if your daughter was doing that, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? What, what? <laughs> If your daughter would be like, cover yourself. 
the heck are you wearing? Put some clothes on. Stop doing that. Stop gyrating. Anyway, let's go back to my notes. We go into a passage of scripture that really illuminates this danger of passivity. Judges chapter four is a book of the Bible that I've never really preached much out of. I like to preach on Gideon, but I thought I'd throw it out to the women because there's a couple of women heroes here. Thought you'd get excited, ladies. You're like, yes, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, let's go. There's a time when the nation of Israel is in a mess. They're not blessed. They're literally oppressed by the Canaanites for about 20 years. God speaks to a particular woman. Her name is Deborah and she becomes the judge of Israel. She becomes the judge and she has wisdom. She has common sense. They used to go to her for for judgments and she would make right judgments. But she's not just a woman of wisdom and common sense. She's one who hears God. And she hears God and then she hears what God wants to do do because God is always in the process of setting His people free. So she gives a strategy to someone and the Bible says this in Judges 4 verse 14, then Deborah said to Barak, said, get ready. Someone say, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. And when Barak attacked, someone say, when? When? Barak attacked. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic and Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. I want you to notice that someone hears from God, someone has a divine strategy, but there must be action to implement the divine strategy. There must be movement. It's not just movement from one person. It is movement from thousands. And Barak is really the commander of the armies. And there's 10,000 men and 10,000 men move. Someone say move. They, They move and when they move, that's when God acts. And I want you to see that God is a warrior, but I want you to see that passivity is the enemy. I want you to see that your faith not moving forward will eventually move backwards. I want you to see that it, if your marriage isn't moving forward, it'll just be a matter of time. If it, It'll stay here, here, and then it'll eventually drop. That's why I'm, I, I'm so passionate about helping people be intentional with their lives, not because I've mastered it, but I'd have to say it's probably the thing I've wrestled as a leader. The great danger for most men isn't that you'll become a Satanist. The great danger for most men is you'll become so passive in who you're meant to be that you will get so passive. But eventually, if you hang in the land of passive, you'll eventually compromise into the land of perversion. And the Bible says this in Judges 4, 17. And Sisera goes on down and uh, meanwhile, someone say meanwhile. meanwhile. It's kind of like, dun, 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 dun. meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, verse 18. Now Jael is a lady, went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come my Lord, come right in, don't be afraid. Now here's where it gets weird. 
So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket there. They're just gonna put him to sleep, have a nice time. And he says, I'm thirsty. He said, please give me some water. And she opened a skin of milk. She's like, yes, I'm gonna give you milk. Have a drink, have some milk. You'll sleep better. I mean, no, you, you sleep better when you're a little warm milk. Anyway. Whenever my wife tells me, babe, I couldn't sleep last night. I was like, did you go get warm milk? She's like, no. I can't help you if you won't help yourself. <laughs> if I can't sleep for 30 minutes or an hour, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I, I just sit there and warm up some milk and I have a glass and I go, oh, I feel a little better now. And I go to sleep. And if it, it happens another time, I'll literally go warm up myself another milk and without fail, after two glasses of warm milk, I'll sleep like a baby. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, on to the Scriptures. <laughs> Verse 20, Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. Now, I want you to see Sisera is the commander of the armies who have been oppressing Israel for 20 years. The Bible says they were ruthlessly oppressing Israel. So when the Bible says you were ruthlessly oppressing Israel, they were ruthlessly oppressing Israel. Rapes, murder, all kinds of things are going on for 20 years. Now watch this now, verse 21. But Jael, someone say, but Jael. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg. Now it gets R-rated. And a hammer. What is wrong with this woman? And went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep because of the milk, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. This girl's ghetto. This girl is bad, isn't she? What? What just happened? She's psycho. Freddy Krueger stuff. But here's the thing, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that God anoints a woman to literally kill someone? Why? Because they've been oppressed for 20 years. Now catch this now. Being a lovely lady, like J.L. was, she could have been like, well, I've invited this man in my tent. Let's just give him some milk. Let's let him sleep. I won't do anything now. And that would have seemed normal. But I want you to see that there was a kingdom of Israel and there was the kingdom of Canaan and she had to make a choice what team she was on. And I wanna tell you today that there is the kingdom of God and there is the kingdom of darkness and you have to make a choice what team you're on. Hear me again, there is the kingdom of God, there is the kingdom of darkness and you can't sit on the fence. You can't sit on the fence. The fence is dangerous. The fence will make you a coward. The fence will, will cause you to be apathetic and there's so many people that you've just, you don't have to be a fanatic because fanatic seems to be a bad word, but what I'd say is you have to be exceptionally committed. Because otherwise the truth is you'll fight the wrong fights. You'll fight for this thing and that thing and you'll fight anyway. How many of you know people on Facebook, they're fighting something? 
But so often it's the wrong fight. It's this fight and that fight and this fight and that fight and there's distractions everywhere. And I just wanna tell you from the Bible's perspective, if there is a God who tells the truth, there is a devil that tells lies and the Bible says he is the father of lies. When he speaks a lie, he speaks his native tongue. So he is always twisting something. And when the enemy came to Adam and Eve, what did he do? He came into the middle of the marriage to split the marriage. But hear this now, He tempts Eve in her identity. He tempts Eve in her boundaries. When the devil comes to Jesus, what does he do? He tempts Jesus in his identity and tempts Jesus in his boundaries. And the devil will tempt you in your identity and tempt you in your boundaries all the time. And just because it's going well for you right now, just because you look blessed right now, that doesn't mean heaven approves. The devil literally offered Jesus all the pleasure and all the riches of this world. And he says, I will give you this if you bow down and worship me. What is the devil after? He's after worship. But I'm guessing to myself that most of you aren't gonna go home and be tempted to worship Lucifer. Hopefully. But what you will be tempted to do is self-worship. What I will be tempted to do is self-worship. What you will be tempted to do is change your image, not, the, not created by God, not made by God, or change the boundary. What God says is wrong. Nah, it's not wrong. God's old fashioned. Let me tell you this, God's been watching humanity for all of humanity's years. And He's a Father and He's jealous for you. Hear me now, as I am jealous for my children to love me and my wife, and I would hate to think of them thinking someone else is their dad. So God is a jealous God. Not because He's jealous weirdly of you. No, He's jealous for your affection and He's jealous for your love because of how much His love burns for you. God is jealous for you, not because He needs your stuff. God is jealous for your attention because He's a Father that wants a relationship with you so deeply. Are you with me? There's a danger in the middle ground. There's such a danger. You remember growing up in high school and someone did something wrong next to you and maybe you were sitting right next to them and you told the teacher, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> and maybe you watch a cop show and in the cop show, someone's an accessory to murder and the guy's like, oh, I didn't do nothing. Well, that's the problem. You didn't do nothing. Because Jesus says, who does not gather with me scatters. Hear me again, he who does not gather with me scatters. He who does not gather with me scatters. So if I'm not gathering, what am I eventually gonna do? Scatter. Let me read a passage of Scripture that I think is kind of unique. 
Judges chapter four has happened. Judges five, they got the victory. Someone say victory. The Bible says this in Judges four verse 24. And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger. Now watch this now. Judges five verse two. They sing this song and it's, it's got no rhyme, but somehow it's a song. When the princes of Israel take the lead, when the people willingly, uh, verse two says this, Israel leaders took charge and the people gladly followed. How many know you need leadership? How many know, come on, how many know you need leadership? You need leadership at home, you need leadership at business, you need leadership at church. It's just the way it works. But watch this now, Israel's leaders took charge and the people gladly followed. Praise the Lord. Why? Because victory was with them. Then verse uh, seven says this, villages in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. And verse 15 says this though, But in the tribe of Reuben, there was great indecision. Why did you sit at home among the sheepfolds? To hear the shepherds whistle for their flocks? Yes, in the tribe of Reuben, there was great indecision. Why did you sit, uh, um, sorry. Yes, in the tribe of Reuben, there was great indecision. Gilead remained east of the Jordan. Now watch this now, why did Dan stay at home? Verse 18 says this, but Zebulun risked his life as did Nathalie. Here's what's interesting, the song, they have this incredible victory and then Deborah sings this song. And here's a song, tribe of Dan, why did you stay home? What's interesting is they go to war, but there is this passiveness in some of the army and she sings about them. She calls them out. She's like, why were you just watching sheep? Why were you just watching fantasy football? Were you, were you, why didn't you come to the battle? And I wanna encourage you on this. Some of you need to move from the crowd to the army. You need to move from the crowd, attending, sitting to the army. Why am I unapologetic as a pastor to to lead the crowd of our church into dream teams and into transform groups? Because when you just attend, it's easy just to attend. But when you jump into a group and you're led by people, before you know it, you're moving forward. Before you know it, you're going somewhere. You're serving something bigger than yourself. You're not just sitting in the land of Dan, not battling. No, you are in the battle. One of the greatest dangers, man, hear me now. One of the greatest dangers of my life personally, one of the greatest dangers of your life personally. In marriage, in life, in leadership, in anything, is you just get passive be okay and I just want to say to you today that warrior spirit desires something different than passivity but you need to shake it off and it means you shake it off through moving sometimes one step at a time one little step at least you're moving forward God will call you out but He calls you out with other people 
And it's, it's, it's as simple as this, Ed leads our freedom group. And the truth is that as Ed leads freedom, he actually finds he gets freedom himself. Then he's helping other people get freedom. Then he keeps getting free. And he may be doing it for a year or two years or three years or four years. And I guarantee if he'll just keep a soft heart and a free spirit in his mind and allow God to do something fresh in him on a regular basis, four years from now, my goodness, he'll look back and go, my goodness, there has been so much change not just around Him, but in Him. Why? Because He's around a group of people who are moving forward. Are you with me, Church Alive? Come on, close your eyes. Father, I thank You for Your awesome people. I thank You for Your sons and daughters. I thank You for this amazing church. But I thank You for Your Spirit here right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray that You would take my sometimes feeble attempts to communicate Your Word to people. But You would take it and put Your miracle working power on it. That You would take it, Lord, and and take the, the, the most important things and You would apply that to their minds and to their hearts. That some of the things that distract us and lure us and tempt us to focus on, God, I pray that we would hear more than anything else, God. That warrior spirit, the Christ from the heart of God, that says, son, daughter, I haven't just called you to sit and be a son and daughter, but I've called you to fight. And I've called you to fight for others. So I pray tonight, sorry, I pray today that there would be a fire in this church and you would kindle the fire in the hearts and minds of people. And I pray that where the fire has dwindled a bit and gone low a bit, and where there's been some passivity in their own life and in their own marriages, in their homes, in every area of their life, Father, I pray that you would breathe afresh across the this church and breathe afresh in our hearts and lives that Lord, it's almost like there's an ember, but Holy Spirit, breathe on that, that it would fire up again. Lord, that they wouldn't just sit in the crowd, but they would become part of the army. And I declare of this church a great army. I declare of this church a rising army. I declare of this church a rising army that's full of love, full of wisdom, full of your compassion, full of your vision, Father. In the mighty Name of Jesus. Close your eyes for a moment. If you're not already, heads bowed. No one moving around this moment. You may be here today. And at one time you walked with God. At one time you said, Jesus, I believe. But either the culture or the world or the flesh has just drawn you away and you say, Anthony, I feel like I'm in such a faraway place. I'd love to pray for you today that the fire of God would get back in your spirit. But secondly, you may be here today and you may have never realised that God has been fighting for you. God has been fighting to know you. God has been fighting to get your attention. You might have religion, you might have grown up Catholic or Christian or non-religious completely. But if you're honest today, you'd say, I don't know Him. This church exists that you would know Him. The Word of God exists that you would know Him. So I'm gonna ask all of us to pray a simple prayer. Those watching online, I'm gonna ask every single person to pray and say a simple prayer but that prayer can change your life. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, 
today I declare You are Lord. You are Saviour. You are my friend. I declare I choose Your Kingdom. Not my Kingdom. Not the world's Kingdom. I choose Yours. I ask You to cleanse my heart. Make me righteous in Your sight. Today I declare God is my Father. Jesus, my Lord. The Holy Spirit, my help. May I never be the same again. In Your powerful Name. If you meant business with God, you said yes to Christ in this place for the first time, or you know you've been far, far away and you want to get back in right relationship with Him, I'm gonna ask you quickly all across this place to lift your hand and lift up high all across this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome today. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. And in the back there, long enough, high enough for me to see it. Oh, awesome. Awesome. A couple in the back. That's awesome too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hand down. Father, thank you for every life, every heart. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Can everyone stand to your feet? We're going to declare something together. How many know that what you say is powerful? How many know that often what we say negates our future, but how many know you need to step into speaking life over your own future? Today, declare with me, today, I believe in Christ. I choose His army. I choose action. I choose to move forward. I refuse passivity. I will step out of the crowd into an army. Father, help me fight the right fights. Help me not get distracted by the wrong fights. Fill me with your fire. Fill me with your passion to fight for your fight. In Jesus' Name, Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand. And come on, let's give the Lord a victory shout in the place. Come on.